Welcome to Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a radio ministry of the Institute for Creation Research. In this program, we want to encourage you in your Christian faith by showing how scientific evidence supports the Bible, particularly the Genesis account. The book of Genesis lays the foundation for all matters addressed in the rest of the Bible. The nature of God, His sovereignty in creation, man's purpose, sin, marriage, family, and why we need a Savior are all introduced and explained in Genesis. When we see that the first and most foundational book of the Bible can be trusted in all matters, including science, it builds confidence in the rest of the inspired Word all the way to Revelation. On today's show, we'll be joined by Brian Thomas, science writer with the Institute for Creation Research. Here's Brian Thomas. I have a friend who, when he first came to Christ, he was living in Spain. He did not know much about the Bible. He grew up in Europe, so very secular, very non-biblical in his mindset. But he came to Christ nonetheless, and he wanted to know more about his new faith. And so one of the church members at his community in Spain came up to him and said, hey, did you know that dinosaurs are described in the Bible? And he said, nope, I had no idea. What are you even talking about? <laughs> and then he said, well, come on by in my house and we'll have dinner and we'll talk about the dinosaurs that are described in the Bible. And he said, okay, I want to learn. And uh, my friend told me he's never doubted since then that uh, we actually have indications of dinosaurs in the Bible, and he's been more and more fascinated with Bible study ever since. So we want to look at this question, are dinosaurs in the Bible? And I've investigated the scripture on this issue, and I think that there may be one. But before I talk about the one possible dinosaur that may be in the Bible, I want to highlight some other extinct reptiles the anatomy is described, their life habits, and in some cases, habitats are described, and they just simply don't match creatures that are alive today. But I'm open to the possibility that these creatures were alive during biblical times and have since gone extinct. After all, extinction occurs still today. It's still occurring today because of, in many cases, hunting and habitat loss due to human expansion. Even maybe climate change contributes. So extinctions are happening today through these means. Why would they not have also happened in the past? And if that's the case, maybe we have creatures that lived in the past that have since gone extinct, but they were described by eyewitnesses. For example, what do we make of this passage in Isaiah 14, verse 29, that says, do not rejoice all you of Philistia, because the rod that struck you is broken, for out of the serpent's roots will come forth a viper, and its offspring will be a fiery flying serpent. Now, he's using animals as analogies. We know what a serpent is. It's a reptile, basically the same word. We know what a viper is. It's a, it's a snake or serpentine slithering reptile. But what is a fiery flying serpent? Is there such thing as a flying serpent? Well, of course, we know flying serpents from fossils. They're called pterosaurs. Flying serpents certainly existed. We know them from fossils. But not only does Isaiah in this one verse mention a fiery flying serpent, but he does also in chapter 30, verse 6. So we have flying serpents in the Bible. You know, maybe it means flying serpents. <laughs> maybe it means pterosaurs were flying around and that the people who 
initially heard the words of Isaiah were familiar with this kind of creature. This does make sense, after all, when we consider winged serpents commonly depicted in Egyptian art, in even South American art like an Incan seal, um, and other cultures' artifacts and legends have flying serpents. We also want to consider what was Leviathan. Certainly, Leviathan described in great detail in Job chapter 41 with lots of anatomy descriptions, big mouth, lots of teeth, uh, scales on its hide. So it's a serpent and um, it's giant. It's just absolutely fearsome. And it's in the water. It's a sea creature. And yet in Job 41, we read that it leaves its marks in the mire, which means it must climb up on a muddy bank. So it's some kind of creature that swims in the ocean, but then also climbs up on land some of the time. So it's maybe amphibious reptile, a giant amphibious reptile. What could this thing have been? Interestingly, just last year or so, paleontologists reinvestigated and redescribed a fossil that they found in northern Africa, in Egypt, called Spinosaurus. Spinosaurus aegypticus, huge sail-backed creature with an enormous mouth, longer and larger than T. rex even, but it had much longer forearms than T. rex had. And so secular researchers suggest that maybe this creature was able to swim, but also crawl around on land. Perhaps Spinosaurus was Leviathan. We don't know. We may never know. But we do know that there are fossils of giant, enormous, large-mouth, tooth-filled creatures that could match the description given in Leviathan. The New Testament may even describe an extinct creature. When Jesus was talking about Jonah, we think of Jonah in the belly of a whale, but he used the word ketos, which if you look at outside the Bible, ancient Greek sources, they use that word to mean dog-headed sea serpent. Maybe that was alive in Jesus' time. In the next segment, we'll look at a possible dinosaur in the Bible. It's time for a short break. Stay with us. From sharks to butterflies, bats to orangutans, we can't help but marvel at the stunning and amusing creatures God has made. If you and your kids enjoy learning about animals, then you'll love our book, Guide to Animals, with its beautiful, full-color images and fascinating facts. Published by the Institute for Creation Research, Guide to Animals provides answers to many popular questions about the animal kingdom. How do chameleons change colors? How do jellyfish live without a brain? And what happened to the dinosaurs and other extinct animals? Guide to Animals shows how everything that can slither, crawl, soar, or swim displays the handiwork of God. Order your copy of Guide to Animals from the Institute for Creation Research by calling 800-628-7640 or visiting icr.org. That's 800-628-7640 or visiting icr.org. Welcome back to Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a radio ministry of the Institute for Creation Research. Here's Brian Thomas. Are dinosaurs in the Bible? There may be one. There may be one described in Job chapter 40. But what makes a dinosaur? By definition, dinosaur is a reptile with legs that walked. It walked on land, and those legs 
were oriented straight underneath its body. So modern lizards are also reptiles with legs that walk on land. But lizards, crocodiles, even turtles, these reptiles, their legs go out to the side of the body and then down to the ground. But with dinosaurs, they went straight down to the ground. Now, there's nothing in the Bible that describes the orientation of the legs, but there are some descriptions of this creature called behemoth in Job chapter 40 that are very difficult to fit with any other creature that we know from the zoo. The description in Job chapter 40 includes these kinds of details. His strength is in his hips and his power is in his stomach muscles. Now, we know from fossils and from clever investigation of dinosaur fossils that their center of balance for many of these dinosaurs was around the hips. And so they had large tails, large muscles that connected from the tail to bones within the hips near the hind legs. And they also had large muscles going forward that connected to the rest of the body in front of the legs. And in many cases, these dinosaurs had the hip, the rear hip was the highest part of their body. For example, certain sauropod dinosaurs had tall hips. They may have been able to stand on those hips. Well, what are the other candidates? The other candidates for behemoth, if you have to restrict yourself to looking at just animals that are in the zoo, and then if you take the cues that are given in some of these study Bible notes or even translation notes, then the other candidates would include elephant or hippopotamus. And certainly they do have strong hips. But with this creature, his power is in his stomach muscles. And here's the key. It says that he moves his tail like a cedar. Now, I've been to the zoo. I've seen elephants, and I've seen the little elephant tail, and it doesn't remind me of a cedar tree or any other kind of tree. And I've been to the zoo, and I've looked at hippopotami, and I've seen their little flap-like tail, and it doesn't remind me of a tree in any way. Not its shape, not its size, certainly not the way it moves. But when I look at dinosaur fossils and I see reconstructions, for example, of some of these sauropod dinosaurs, these are the ones with the long, 30-foot long in some cases neck, 30-foot long tail, 100 feet long total, just enormous. These were the largest creatures that God ever made and placed on this planet. And here it does say in Job chapter 40 that he is the chief of the ways of God. Behemoth is the chief. What else can we say about that but that it must mean he's the biggest land creature God ever made? And God's making this point to Job. He's saying, look, you can't approach this ginormous creature. And as big as this creature is, the creature's creator, me, must be much bigger. And so if the point is for God to say, look, I'm the big man around here. You can trust me. And you can know that I'm the big man because I am the creature's creator. The creature's large. I must be that much larger in power and in scope. So he was the largest. We also read in Job that he lies in a covert of reeds and marsh. The willows by the brook surround him. So he's by the brook. He's in a river or he's he's in a river bank and he's in a marsh or swampy setting. Interestingly, we do know from fossils that sauropod and other dinosaurs were buried alongside swamp animals like turtles and birds and swamp birds like ducks and even some geese look like just like today's ducks and geese and, and even a fossil parrot. Tropical birds, 
swamp birds, and frogs. Fish are buried right alongside with dinosaur fossils. This also fits. So the habitat described in Job of a creature that lived in a swampy environment, a creature with a large tail, a tail that reminds God, at least, who's giving this narrative to Job, of a tree, this fits best, I think, with a dinosaur and probably a sauropod dinosaur described right here in the Bible in Job, alive after the flood, but probably extinct today. Thank you for joining us on Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a radio ministry of the Institute for Creation Research. That's all the time we have for our program today, but we would love to connect with you through our website at icr.org. For over 45 years, ICR has equipped believers with evidence of the Bible's accuracy and authority by showing how science supports the Genesis creation account. Our scientists research the evidence for creation and communicate their findings through books, articles, DVD series, and conferences. Please visit our website at icr.org for more information about the latest scientific discoveries, to subscribe to our free magazine and devotional, and to locate our next creation conference at a venue near you. All of this and more at icr.org. If you've enjoyed this podcast, subscribe to Science, Scripture, and Salvation on iTunes. Also, do us a favor and rate and review the show so that more listeners can find us. Thanks for listening, and God bless.